0: an enemy that's eons old, and up until recently, it's gotten arrogant, bold, and in our face, and taken every opportunity to snare humanity with the lures of this world through Hollywood, the music industry, big pharma, big tech, big media, and much more. But there's a hard line that must not be crossed by this enemy, a line that must be etched in your heart with the word of God, a line few are holding but many more are needed. Are you willing to take to the offensive and the engagement of this enemy fighting in unity as warriors for Christ and in the pursuit of truth? If so, welcome to His Hardline. Well, good evening, hardliners. Good evening. I am Jason, your co-host with God in the driver's seat, the captain's chair. He is the one that runs this show. I'm just simply the guy that just uh, goes over the show notes and puts out what he wants me to. This is uh, welcome to his hard line. It is February twelfth, two thousand twenty-two, and I want to say thank you for listening in. Um, for a while, for a while there, I was actually trying to, I was struggling with how I would address, you know, anybody that listens to this. At first, I was thinking, ah, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to do that more for, you know, the Bible readings on one percent or less with him. Um, and then I was like, wow, well, I don't know if I should do where I should address people as patriots, but I don't want to kind of, you know, I know that's not really a trademark term for anybody, any one person to use, but you know, since this is his hard line, I'm just going to start calling everyone and addressing everybody, including myself as hardliners. All right. So that's going to be our little thing here. Um, for quick starters here, i want to start off with a little quote by Noah Webster, the And his quote is that I picked is the Bible must be considered as a great source of truth by which men are to be guided in government as well as in all social transactions. It's by Noah Noah Webster. Today, you are going to be listening to the importance of a stay at home mother. And we're going to start off with an opening prayer. So if you would bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you so very much for another day of life and good health. And I want to say, we appreciate you gathering us here today and thank you for all that you do and all that you have given us. Thank you for the good health for myself, the listeners here and our extended families. And I just want to say, I just pray that you guide my words and thoughts and all that we, uh, you know, all that we're going to discuss here on this show. I pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Today is Saturday. I expect it to typically be, you know, slow when it comes to, uh, you know, having live listeners. And I expect that. Um, I like to do these shows on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays because Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I like to go out to the gym and exercise. And sometimes we get here, you know, we get back home past 7 p.m. I usually have to typically get in bed by 8, 830 because I have to be up for work at 2 a.m. So I have a very demanding schedule. And, um, you know, Tuesday th- Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays typically work best for me. This is my Sunday, so I will be going back to work tomorrow. And Sundays, we typically like to make it family night. So with all that said, those are the typical conversation discussion days here on His High Line. And if you would do me a favor, share this show far and wide on the Internet. I'm not on any type of social media. Some of you may know I'm not on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or anything like that. I just started a Rumble account. I'm just trying to get all this stuff kind of figured out. I'm only trying to keep it to a very minimum on what social media I'm going to be on and what video platforms. I'm on Gab and Cloud Hub, but again, not doing too much with it. I'm trying to figure it out. But for the most part, I'm trying to direct all traffic either to this Podbean uh, account or www.hishardline.com. And also just a little quick shout out and a plug in for my wife. She also has a website called www.strengthinnumbers3.com. Right now, it leads you to her Instagram page. We are going to be building out a website for her. And if you want to listen to just a nice, you know, if you're just a person who just isn't really a big fan of listening to um, long, lengthy podcasts, or you just need something uplifting to start your day off right, check out her podcast. You'll find her following me. Her name is Katie. She's got a little uh, icon of headphones that says in the middle of it, Jesus is my jam. And indeed, he's my jam as well. And so if you actually go and give her a follow, give her a listen, she gives you about anywhere between four, six, seven minute podcast, depending on the day, it gives you an uplifting message, a quote, um, maybe a fun fact, it just depends on how, what she's feeling like. But she does that about three times a week, every other day. So check her out. It's really good stuff. I like listening to it. And she's not to mention, she's got a very sweet voice. So very easy to listen to and, you know, very easy on the ears to listen to probably unlike myself. So... Um, Real quick headline, little analysis here. So I was reading something earlier today about uh, little Castro Trudeau up there in Canada. Apparently he had a late meeting the other night discussing how to handle these truckers and the Freedom Convoy that's happening up there. And I guess they're, you know, blocking a major artery that uh, is making uh, commerce, uh, you know, impossible to, you know, take place. Um, And I guess the other night they had a late meeting on how to handle these truckers and the Freedom Convoy. And apparently, you know, like I said, it's blocking the main highway in and out of both of our countries, the U.S. and Canada. But, you know, I guess when a, power, when a peaceful revolt, a.k.a. a protest occurs and shuts down an economy, or at least part of an economy there in, in Canada, you know, I guess apparently it prevents the elite from making money and do, going about their business and getting the supplies that they need and food or whatever it is they need. But it's considered disgusting and terroristic illegal activity that deserves a rest for us, right? Or for the Canadians, I should say. But with these same scumbags shut down the world's economy because a virus that kills no more people than that of the common flu, then apparently that's okay and acceptable, acceptable. For the sake of saving lives, apparently uh, for them to do that, you know, so let's not forget, folks, that, you know, when you quarantine people, you quarantine the sick. Typically, you don't quarantine healthy people now comprehend this fact for a minute that. First off, all, the fact of the matter is that we, all have been, we have all been played by the elite. And believe me, they are laughing in our faces because we as a collective whole were so stupid to believe this nonsense. Now, I'll be honest, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, you know, catch, you know, ca- catch this in my mouth, hook, line and sinker in the very, very beginning. But of course, that was before we had any extra, you know, any data that came out on this. Sure, there was speculation I had, but you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I'll be I admit I wasn't scared, but at the end of the day, too, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna take any unnecessary risk either that would potentially harm my family. But as we, the people, you know, started getting more information, we started realizing, okay, we are definitely getting played. But as we, the people, organize in mass and shut down the lifeblood that allows them, a.k.a. the, you know, cabalist bankers, elite, you know, scumbags, you know, that operate via large corporations that put money in their pocket, you know, that's apparently allowed because remember when they shut down the economy, it was a lot of mom and pop shops that were shut down and restaurants had to shut down while big box stores stayed open. Why was that? And with that, let's also not forget that they sectioned off large parts, large parts of in sections and departments of these stores, like seed aisles and paint departments and home improvement sections and land, landscape departments and clothing sections, and so on and so forth. You weren't even allowed to buy specific items. Why? was well, it that covid knew that if you buy those items like oh that, that 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 person right there that's laying down mulch and painting their living room oh we can't sell them paint and mulch because they're, they're a higher likelihood of developing covid what what the heck is all that about I hope you are all awake now to the fact that COVID was never about a virus. Make no mistake, it was not about a virus. And if you you know people who know me that are listening to this, you're listening to this for a reason. You're probably awake. But if you're not awake and you're hearing me and you're like, "Man, I did not know Jason was on this level with this with these thoughts and and with his opinion about this," but man, he is nuts. That's fine. You know what? We don't ever have to talk about it. But at the end of the day, if you're sitting here and you're going to listen to this podcast, well, you're going to hear truth. It was about controlling the world to move on to the next phase, which is a depopulation agenda. Now, we will cover this more in a different show, but for right now, I want to shed light on the fact that it's okay when they shut down an economy, but when truckers and farmers and civilians alike shut down part of an economy and shut down part of a highway system that leads in and out of the country, that's criminal to them. Well, to that I say, sucks to be them. Here on His large Line, yes, we are about opening hearts, softening hearts, so Christ can pour in. However. Let's not forget Jesus Christ also cracked whips and flipped tables. Enjoy your own medicine, I guess, is what I say to the elite scumbags, the banking executives, the CEOs of these big box corporations. To these de facto fraudulent leaders of the country like uh, little Castro Trudeau. God's people will come together and work together and take care of each other while we bring the system down to its knees. Because make no mistake, we will see a food shortage. We will see a little bit of uh, chaos happen here. But quite frankly, I'd rather deal with a harder life of inconvenience and live free and live free than to be shackled to convenience of an evil ran and operated system and be enslaved. Sorry, but I'm ready for this system to blow up, to be quite honest with you, and for it to be destroyed. And many people are out there like me share the same sentiment. Those who don't, well, I guess life is about to suck and be really, actually, it, it, life's about to severely suck for you. Because if you haven't opened up your eyes right now and awake to what's actually happening with this evil man, I guess, I don't know, God help you, I guess. So, moving on. We're going to do a quick Bible reading here. First one is out of Matthew 6, out of the NSAB uh, 1995 edition. The subtitle, uh, um, subtitle of this is The Cure for Anxiety. And it reads, starting with verse 25, For the reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat and what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on, Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself one of these, like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly Father. For your heavenly Father knows that you will need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now I had another scripture here I was going to read, but I don't want to make this too long-winded here. I'm trying to keep this at a certain time span here, but I tell you what, I love that verse because it is so true. We spend so much time worrying about so many little things when we really don't have to, but again, again, that's what that evil system wants us to do. It wants us to be anxious. It wants us to worry. It wants us to have fear. It wants us to have doubt and, you know, and, and just worry all day long. Fear is a liar. God is a provider. So I suggest some of you take a little time, five minutes. That's all it takes. If you have a Bible, if not, go online, go to BibleHub.com or Bible.com. You can find many free Bible sites online and pick the version of your choice. Me, I prefer the, you know, the N-A-B-R-E version or the NASB 1995 version. Um, And again, it's Matthew 6. 25 through 34. Check it out. Now the subject we're going to discuss tonight is the importance and the underestimation of the stay-at-home mother and wife and how their role is so vitally important to building a strong nation. Now we have been living in a society for the last several decades where both parents are in the workplace earning a living It used to be that the wife would stay home and take care of the children in the household, but back in 1967, 49% of mothers were stay-at-home moms. Now, that proportion actually steadily dropped throughout the decades until 1999, when only 23% of the moms stayed at home. Now, in 1999, or since 1999, I should say, the percentage of mothers who stayed at home began to increase again, rising by six points to 29% by 2012. Now, the researchers note that recent declines in the labor force participation rate and rising immigration were likely factors in the increase of the stay-at-home rate. Because, again, especially with immigration constantly increasing, you got to remember, a lot of these immigrants, or, you know, we're, yeah, we're just going to call them immigrants right now for the sake of argument. A lot of them come from, they come from, uh, what do you want to call it there? I'm trying to think of the word traditional backgrounds, okay? Um, So backgrounds where moms took care of the children in the household while the men went out and worked on the farm or whatever job it was they had to provide for the family. That's why so often you see the men migrate and cross our border illegally or lawful if they're doing it the right way, but they cross our border illegally, unlawfully, and they try to do the best to make the money And send it back home and hopefully get their you know wife and children up here i i guess i get it you know as a family man i get it i mean i don't i don't i don't agree with the method but i get it now they also indicate that the rise in proportion of mothers who stayed at home will not likely continue because most mothers surveyed would actually rather work part-time or full-time now one of the biggest reasons we saw a drop in mothers staying at home was um you know mothers staying home to tend to the household and children was about after 2008 and 2009 when that bubble burst and we had that housing market crash and it destroyed the majority of careers that typically men held. Now, due to the financial hardships, many families were dealing with a loss of money and income. And especially as people started walking away from houses, they could no longer afford. But it was at that point when mothers began to start working more to help contribute toward that household income. Now, my question to you is, well, what does that mean for the children? Well, having both parents work, working does have many unintended outcomes. However, let's be truthful here that when both parents are career driven and always working, lifestyles can dramatically change a family's health and well being. In addition, it can certainly allow the kids of working parents to have more of a behavior in a parental issue as they get older. Now, is discipline. Now, discipline could tend to be a huge issue, and has been proven in many studies, actually. As far as the food issue, the mother or father typically wouldn't have time to cook after a long day at work, in addition to the potential long drive home, depending on where you know if they're living in the suburbs and if they work in the city or what have you. I know some guys that I work with; they have to drive an hour into work. I mean, that's a long drive, two hours round trip there and back. I mean. That's a lot of time. Now, long work days could also mean that there is a level of mental exhaustion that leads to a parent not to have it in them to discipline their children the way that they should, especially when there's misbehavior. With the level of convenience of fast food at our fingertips, we have DoorDash, we have Grubhub, we got quick deli counter food items at the grocery store, etc., it certainly makes it easier for dually working parents to just stop by someplace and pick up something on the go for the family. But let's be honest. A lot of what's out there, quote unquote, food from these places that are at our fingertips, isn't what you would call a very healthy choice for the body. Now, a lot of what is out there is all processed garbage, packed with carbs and sugar, soy products, various types of oils, harmful oils, and non- nonetheless, nanometals, glyphosate and various pesticides that destroy the body. Now I'm not going to sit here and say I eat a purely clean diet. Trust me, I'm sure I eat some of these things that have that crap in it, but I really do my best to make sure that I keep it at a very minimal to nothing at all. I like to eat real food. That's how I lost about 50 pounds when I cut all that crap out and did the keto diet. I lost a lot of weight. Now there seems to be really no real home cooked meals being prepared in the home much anymore with dually working parents. So in fact, it seems like families that are nuclear families don't even have dinner at the table. I've seen it firsthand personally with many families that I know where both married parents are in the home and I'll see them, you know, in the household eating at different times, you know, different family members eating at different times or typically sometimes eating different things and not always together at the table. Now, sometimes I see them propped up in front of a TV. If they're together watching some nonsense garbage, which whatever, again, I'm guilty of that too. You know, not cable, but you know, I'll watch something on pure flicks. Sometimes it's nice to just have some mindless thing while you're eating dinner, you know, just relaxing. But now is that to say that having both parents work working means that healthy, you know, health and parenting, um, parenting completely goes out the window, especially when it comes to discipline with most families. No. I'm certain there are families out there that have the ability to have some, you know, have home cooked meals and are able to keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on in their children's lives and being there for the children, like a parent should, it just makes it more difficult when both parents are occupied with a career, but Jason, hold on now, but with both parents working, you just simply hire a nanny or a babysitter if absolutely necessary. Sure. You could do that. But, but then my challenging question would be to you is, well, then why would you have kids? You know, I used to listen to Dr. Laura for a while. And there's a lot of things I agreed with her on. There were some things I didn't agree with her on. But, you know, whatever. Everybody's got their opinions and their beliefs. And I listened to her a lot on the radio. And she always said that it was selfish if you wanted to have kids but still want to work and expand a career. Kids need love and attention. Listen, is there a right or a wrong way here? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just a truck driver, Okay. But what I do know as a parent that, again, like I say, kids need a lot of attention. Now, our circumstances may be different to somebody else's. I mean, different strokes for different folks, as I've once heard before. Not everyone's situation is different. What works for us may not work for someone else. But, well, then someone might ask, well, Jason, well, what's your point then? Excuse me. I guess I would say my point. Would be that as women decide to make the choice to stay at home, there is often a misconception out there that would lead people to the conclusion that being an at-home mother and wife is a giant vacation and just a breeze. When in fact, it's completely the opposite. In fact, one of my co-workers who I used to work with once said, man, if I was a stay-at-home parent, I'd be playing video games all day. And He was a big gamer. He loved gaming. And I was like, dude. That's not how that works. I hate to break it to you. That's not how that works. You would not. I mean, listen, your kid gets old enough. Sure. You guys could probably play, you know, a little bit of games, but it's not how that works, especially when the kids are very, very little. But if you're homeschooling, trust me, that's definitely not how it's going to work because you got to educate. So, again, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but that is definitely not the lay of the land. Now, when people are asked what they thought about stay-at-home moms, you'll get a variety of answers ranging from, oh, they're lazy. And then some will say, well, they're making the best decision of their lives. And then some will say, well, they're not contributing to society. And then there's some that will actually say, well, they're making a great sacrifice to stay at home and nurture their kids day in and day out. That's a hard job. Some people get it. But there's no doubt that there's no shortage of opinions about what women who stay at home to raise their kids But let's look at a few pros and cons real quick of what comes out of being a stay-at-home mother. Now, some of the pros would be, you know, your children's school performance increases. The child has less stress and aggression. And actually, nowadays, there seems to be more social approval of stay-at-home mother choices. Some of the cons now would be that mothers often desire to go back to work. I get that because when you're, you know, kind of feeling like you're a prisoner of your own home, you just want to get out and, you know, do something else. Another con would be mothers have higher levels of sadness and anger. Trust me, I see that firsthand, you know, with my wife. And so that's why we try to make sure we have a gym membership and she does, you know, fitness classes. And she has reasons to get out of the house, you know, and and get our daughter out too. Another con would be social isolation for mothers. Spending mostly time with the kids, you know, they just kind of feel like alone. And, you know, it's funny, my wife would always say, it's not funny, but it, it is a little bit. But, you know, she always would just be excited when I came home. And I, you know, I, from the, from the minute I would take my work boots off and start, you know, venturing up, up upstairs to turn on the shower and get cleaned up and just kind of settle in for the evening. She's following me everywhere the house like a little puppy. It's kind of funny. And I'm like, man, I'm like, what's going on? I had a bad day. She goes, no, I just need some human interaction. Like, you know, little, you know I got a four-year-old, five-year-old that's freaking, you know, following me all over the place. I need an adult to talk to. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, I'm around other truck drivers, so I guess I can't really see that point, but I do get it. I do get it. And so anyway, but, uh, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. She's got some good friends and a neighbor, there's A neighbor next door. They have little coffee uh, dates and she'll come over and, you know, have coffee and hang out for a couple hours, you know, if it's an off day. And so that's kind of nice. So at least she has that. She's got a good best friend that lives next door. I tell you what, what a blessing she is. Because if my wife didn't have Elizabeth, uh, our neighbor, oh my goodness, I think my wife would probably lose her marbles. I swear. <laughs> but anyway, but back to the topic here. So, you know, whether you're an at-home parent, homeschooling your child, or you're just simply there to wait for your kid to get off the bus after school. More studies are actually finding that a parent at home is giving children an academic edge over the peers without a parent at home. Now, regardless of whether you stay at home or work outside the home, research shows that parent involvement in schools make a difference in a child's academic performance and how long she actually, he or she actually stays in school. (coughs) Excuse me. I have to get a drink of water here in a minute. throat's drying up but you know some studies link kids in childcare with more behavior problems now this is good news for that stay-at-home mom knee-deep in diapers and temper tantrums because two studies actually suggest that being home with your children during those earlier stages is better for the kids than being in child care full-time studies from what is it the Institute of Child Health and Human Development, and I believe it was the Institute of Child Development. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes here. And the University of Minnesota found that children who spend a large amount of the day in daycare experience actually high levels of stress and aggression as opposed to those who stay home. Now, like I said, my wife is a stay at home mother and wife. And at the very beginning of a relationship, when the topic of having kids and having, you know, her having the desire to be a stay at home mom, uh, was talked about, I wasn't even having any of that. And I was like, in fact, in fact, actually, I was like, because because of the fact that I had two parents who were working, my dad was a truck driver, and my mom was a, um, oh, what did she do back then? I forgot, what did she do when we lived in New Jersey? She was, uh, I know she was like a bookkeeper of sorts, but she did more than just that. But I told, I told my now wife back then, I said, no, I'm like, if you want to have a life full of nice things and a nice life and have a nice home and nice cars and nice this, nice that, whatever, whatever, right? Now, we both have to freaking you know, buckle down and work. Now, where did I get that idea from? Well, society and the push in the culture of materialism, that the idea that you have to keep up with the Joneses. Well, I have news for you. All that's going to do is just fulfill you only for a temporary moment until the next new shiny object comes along and then the next and then the next. It's not going to fill that little void in your heart that people often feel. Now. I brought up something kind of interesting, that void. Again, what's that void? Well, that empty space a lot of people often are missing is, drum roll, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it wasn't until when my daughter was born that God really decided to move within me and made me realize that there is nobody safer and more qualified and more reliable and more loving to take care of our baby girl than her mother. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have it any other way. In fact, I don't care how much more money we could potentially make with her working. The simple reality of knowing that my wife and daughter are at home, safe and sound within the secure walls of our home, is worth whatever extra money we could have potentially made. Satan is very good at convincing people that money is a very important thing. And more of it is even more relevant. Now, the Bible is very clear when it says that you cannot serve two masters. I believe believe it was in Matthew. I don't have that specifically right from me, but, you know, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But, you know, for you will love one and despise the other. Satan needs us to trust a paper currency we call money. If you listen to a previous show, you'll know how I feel about the paper currency that's out there. Now, I have a ton of paper and coined currency from other countries that my mom collected when she was in the Air Force. I have it in a little wooden box. I actually gave it to my daughter. Tons of paper currency with big numbers on it. You look at it, you're like, man, I'm like, this has to have some value to it. And I start looking up all these coins. Man, none of this has value. Just like our U.S. dollar, it doesn't have value. Get into that different show. But here's the thing Satan needs us to trust the paper currency, but God wants us to trust in him and the miraculous moves that he can make to take care of us. Now, yes, do we need to work in order to pay for our bills and have a roof over our head and food in our cupboards and clothes on our back? Yeah. These are necessary things we need in order to live. But remember, we don't need that new Mustang or Corvette or pickup truck. We don't need that new Prada or Gucci bag or that $200 pair of designer jeans or that house that's so big you could barely afford the utilities in it. Satan does a wonderful job at snagging families with money hooks and embeds them in deeply into the skin. For most, it seems like no matter how hard you try to pull those hooks out, it hurts more and more and they just leave them in there and don't even bother. It's like quicksand. The harder you fight it, the the more you sink. And that's how Satan ensnares people. Now that's how he got me for the longest time. Truth be told, among other traps that I fell into willingly, one of them was porn and drugs once upon a time living a promiscuous life. We'll get into further detail on that in a different show, and I'll explain a little bit about the past and the guy that I used to be and how he's now dead, and this Jason Jones here is alive because of God and Jesus Christ. Now, I was so obsessed with money and working, working and doing more working, that I forgot what was really important. Now, why do you think so many married couples fight over finances and ultimately lead most into divorce? That's the way Satan's imperfect and destructive design is. He wants the destruction of the nuclear family, and that's why they went, and when I say they, the government and the other evil entities out there that are part of the government, went after the black family so hard back in the mid-1900s. People don't know this, but the black family was considered one of the strongest family units out there above all other ethnicities, above Hispanics, above Caucasians, above the Asians. Blacks had a very strong family unit. That's why when the government created these programs that would benefit single mothers with all these different freebies and programs to take care of them, basically you got big daddy government. But here's the thing, you want big daddy government to take care of you, you got to make sure there's no man in your house, a.k.a. a husband or a father in the household. <laughs> don't believe me? Look into it. They offered everything under the sun to make certain of that too. Now don't believe me, you, if you don't believe me, you do need to do your own research. Check it out. But notice how God's perfect design is to have God centered in the marriage and in the household, having 100% trusted faith in Him. Now, those who put their whole faith in the Lord will be taken care of. Unfortunately, we live in a society where God is taken out of the public square. And as a result, we have a nation of lost souls who wouldn't know the truth of what it really is, even if it smacked them upside the head and lit their feet on fire. Now, one blessing in disguise that occurred during the quote-unquote COVID year of 2020 was the rise of the, of more moms and dads staying at home with their children because obviously they had to with lockdowns. And as everything shut down and forced lockdowns made more kids learn remotely from home, it almost forced parents to realize actually that, hey, wait a minute, this, yeah, this is hard. This sucks. But then what, what kind of came out of it was the hidden blessing of, wow, I could potentially continue to homeschool when things start to level out and, you know, things open up. Well, and that's what started happening. Now we're seeing a huge rise in children being homeschooled and more mothers staying at home to take care of the children. By the way, speaking of that ridiculous topic, notice how we're approaching here on year two here up in March for flattening the curve. The two weeks to flatten the curve. We're approaching two years for two weeks to flatten the curve. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'll tell you what. Hope you're awake by now. That's all I'm saying. Now back to the topic of discussion. The stay-at-home mother and homeschool mom is a tough job. I know that for a fact and I couldn't do it. I mean, I could if I absolutely had to, but I, I wouldn't willingly want to do it. I'll be, we'll just say that. It's hard. There is more work and tiresome days than anyone realizes. You can't just call in sick because, you know, you have a severe migraine. How many migraines my wife had to suffer through, but yet she still endured so she could take care of her daughter? Yeah. Does that mean that she's going to, you know, continue her plans with, you know, her, uh, you know, my daughter's homeschool lesson that day? No, probably a day off, but you know what? At the end of the day, she still has to take care of her daughter and the household and and, and even in the mini, you know, minimum way. You can't ask for a raise either because you don't get paid as a stay-at-home mom. In fact, we're gonna call them domestic engineers. That tell you what, that is the hardest profession and the most demanding profession. Domestic engineer, AKA the stay-at-home mom. It's a 24-7 job. It never ends until your children are grown and gone and on their own. Now, what mothers don't realize is that they are raising their kids to not only be self-sufficient and able to live and be on their own successfully, they're technically actually working themselves diligently Basically, to get themselves fired from parenting at some point in the future. You're working yourself out of the job. But, you know, as any good parent, that's ultimately the goal because you don't want little Johnny or little Susie there living in your basement till like 48 years old and you have a failure to launch kind of mode moment, right? That's the design God has. Now, there's a simple hierarchy that needs to be held God at the top and centered in the marriage and household. The man holds down the job and supplies a means to pay for the bills, food, and other necessary things for the family. While the hardworking wife and mom takes care of the household and children and leads them making sure that they're always on the straightened path and out of trouble. They're always there to make sure that they're eating healthy and having a proper nutritional meal, meals daily. There is a power that men have and hold that is very relevant to the nuclear family, a masculine brute power. However, there is also an equal of power, if not a more powerful trait that women hold as well. People say that having the wife at home is a sexist thing and holds a woman down, but really does it? I think a stay-at-home mom, or aka a domestic engineer, has more of a demanding job than a CEO of some big Fortune 500 company. If you actually watch old movies from back in the old days, like for example, A Christmas Story, you know, where Ralphie wants that Red Rider BB gun, you know, you'll shoot her out, kid, that movie. You can actually see the dynamic of the husband-wife there, that the wife clearly in that movie runs that household as if she is the CEO. And that's because she is. Now, sure, you got the man in the house and, you know, you got to make sure you don't make dad mad and stay out of his way. And, he, you know, he can fix a lot of things, and you know, in that house. But, you know, the mother knows more about what's happening in that house more than anyone. And like I said, sure, the husband can do repairs and, you know, he brings home some of the cheddar. But you know what? Remember, the wife... Typically, a lot of wives typically will do, you know, they'll take care of the budget. They do take care of the cooking, the grocery shopping. They take care of a lot. And some wives are so much in the know of that not only do they know what's going on in their home, own homes, but they know what's going on in the neighborhood too. Why? Hm, a lot of women talk. Bottom line is this. When God is centered in the marriage and the man and woman both yield their unique God-given power within they're an unstoppable force and create one of the most successful foundational building blocks that allows a nation to be prosperous. And you're probably thinking, well, what does having a strong household have to do with a strong nation? Everything. Why do you think there's a huge push for women to work? Why do you think there's a huge push for transgenderism? Why do you think there's a huge push for public schools that have books about gayness and LGBT topics? And trying to convince little Johnny that, hey, it's okay if you want to think, you know, you could be touched by a guy and, you know, you're not sure if you, you're you're a boy and you think you're a girl. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? That's bullcrap. It's all designed around confusion. And that's what the devil does. Why do you think that the porn industry is rapidly becoming something that's not only being watched by just men, but actually a growing audience within the women? Why do you think that all divorces are still in the rise? <laughs> They, a.k.a. the elite scum, Satan and its evil minions, they want the family to be destroyed because they know that a loving family is a force that can't be beat by evil. So remember, next time you start to think negative thoughts and speak ill will of those who choose to stay at home with and for their children, keep in mind that you may not be on the correct end of the moral argument and debate of what is truly meant to be the best way to conduct your life and run a household the studies certainly show that children with at-home moms certainly thrive and do better on many levels than those who have moms that are career moms or duly you know duly working parents now i apologize sincerely if someone who listens to this is a working mother with a working husband and listen, if you're a single working mother, listen, this makes you exempt. You, you can't listen when you're a single working mother and I had one. All right. That's a tough thing that this is not this is this is a complete that's a completely different topic. I'm talking strictly about the nuclear family with a mom and dad married in the same house with kids. Single moms, single dads widows widowers this this topic is not for you because you were dealt a hand in life that really rocked your world this is not meant for you you got dealt a crappy hand and i tell you what i pray for all of you i really do because you guys single moms single dads no matter what the circumstances are what you're dealing, working as much as you have to as remember that's what i Heed my words. Hear it. You have to work the hours that you do. So you can put food on the table. But believe me, keep going. Keep improving yourself. Engulf yourself in the word of God. It will get better. You would dealt a bad hand. But you know what? God deals sometimes some of those hands to really polish someone's character. And believe me, those moments that you think are hell will eventually lead to prosperity. I see it all the time with a lot of working single parents. I see a lot of them. They thrive and they do better than they were when they were married. Why? Because they will do anything for their kids. So remember this conversation is not for you or about you. Excuse me. This is meant to hopefully encourage though, those people who are married to take your kids out of the indoctrination camps they call public schools and homeschool them with a Christ-based curriculum and take control of your household and family. Because if you don't trust me, they will continue with their indoctrination and their predictive programming that we have all been accustomed to via the television and public schools and other methods they use on the internet. Now, I'm going to take a quick short little break. I'm going to play a little transition music real quick. Um, Just take a quick sip of water here, so excuse me. sip of water to wet my whistle there it was getting a little dry all right next in the docket list here we're gonna go over uh let's see here we're gonna just go over the three words uh from american you know the 1828 noah webster's american dictionary you know, i was actually asked a question by someone in my family and it's a good question they're like well, you know why do you do the, the, the three words of the day you know like what what is that you know and, and some people like it some people don't that's fine you don't like it that's why i try to do the bulk of the conversation here in the very very beginning um, so in case you just want to, you know, dip out and sign out, you know, and not worry about the three words of the day, you could do so. But I encourage you don't because, you know, my answer was, well, because we live in a society where a, the elite powers that be, they do everything in their power to eliminate words and dilute definitions and, you know, create, you know, basically create, they, they give the illusion that, you know, discounting words is Okay. But remember, words are very powerful. Words are life and death. The one who chooses its fruit will eat of it. Excuse me, I posh that. Whoever chooses one will eat its fruit. Words are very important and they're powerful. And I'm going to keep harping on that. So why do I go through three words a day? Well, because most people have a very bad vocabulary of using profanity. I was one of them. And a lot of people don't typically pick up a dictionary or really, you know, take the time to expand their, def- you know, their, uh, their, their word um, catalog in their mind. So here are the three words. We're going to do this rapid fire because I try not to make this any longer than it should. If there's a word that kind of intrigues you. You can go back and you know look it up. But first word is a uh, perikon. is a noun, and it means it, it's a it's actually a word used in grammar. Um, the addition of a word or a syllable to end. To the end of another. Now the next word, covet. Covet is used as a transitive uh, of a transitive verb, and there's a couple definitions. The first one says to desire, or wish for, with eagerness, to desire earnestly, to obtain or possess in a good sense. Second definition is to desire inordinately, to desire that which it is unlawful to obtain or possess, in a bad sense. Like, for example, it says in Exodus 20 17, Thou shalt not covet, th- covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or servant. Um, the last word, depreda- uh, depredation, excuse me, uses a noun. Depredation means the act of plundering, a robbing, a pillaging, a waste. Consumption, uh, the second definition, waste, consumption, a taking away of any act of violence. The sea often makes depredations of the land. Intemperance commits depredations on the Constitution. So those are the three words. There's paracon, spelled P-A-R-E-L-C-O-N, paracon, covet, C-O-V-E-T, and Depredation, D-E-P-R-E-D-A-T-I-O-N. Now, in closing, I want to say that the role of a stay-at-home mother is vitally important to the success of a strong nation. With the mother at home schooling the children and taking care of the household, it allows the husband to not only work and earn income, to be able to pay for food and other bills that allows the family to be taken care of within those four walls. The father, while the father is at work, the mother can instill proper values and morals in children at home so they can end up growing up to be very successful and productive members of society, hopefully operating underneath an order of God with Christ in their heart. When you have a strong foundation in the home where God is at the center of everything in the home and in the marriage, it spills over not only to your local municipality, but it spills over eventually into your, you know, in your community and your county and eventually the state and, you know, eventually in the nation as a whole. Again, I ask, why do you think there was such a huge push for the feminist movement back in the mid you know, in the 1960s and 70s? You know, the push for the sexual revolution. Why do you think that there was a huge push for, you know, putting out the thought that marriage is old-fashioned and not relevant? Why do you think they try to destroy the family unit with free programs and freebies, you know, by the government, as long as you don't have the father in the home? This evil in which we are holding a hard line against knows that and with a strong nuclear family unit with God and Christ centered within it, it knows it cannot be destroyed and therefore cannot prosper when trying to take down a nation, especially with people and families rooted in Christ and God. Evil knows it can't be successful in doing that. So that's why they want to destroy the ability for so many people to not procreate and be fruitful and multiply, as it says in the Bible. Again, why do you think they're trying to push for abortions all the time? They not only want to depopulate this earth, but they want to make sure that the family union is not intact because they want a population of mindless, thoughtless drones who are immorally bankrupt. They're, they're morally bankrupt and they don't know what's right. They don't know what's wrong up. They don't know if up is down or down is up. And that's just, again, you'll read all this in the Bible, read it. People spend 1% of your time each day, be amazed what you'll learn. And this is why they do their best to destroy the strong, nuclear, Christian faith-backed family. And at the end of the day, the stay-at-home mother is, and I repeat, is the key component to creating such a wonderful, strong family, which ultimately creates a strong nation. I'm going to repeat that last sentence because it's very important. A stay-at-home mother and homeschooler is the key component to creating such a family, a strong family, and a strong nation. I like to see the feminist that comes up to me and said, well, I don't agree with that. Okay, so what you're saying is that you rather see a woman get pushed into the uh, big corporate world, right? Working for the man, right? Possibly having a superior that's a male. And having to take orders from the male so you're telling me you'd rather see a woman who runs her household runs her 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 family and takes care of every single thing day in and day out 24 7 365 to go work for someone that's the man and having a maybe a possible male supervisor or you know someone above them oh oh okay that, that makes that makes a lot of sense all right whatever so anyway I want to say in closing, thank you so much for listening. We're going to make sure I'm doing my best to make sure we keep this at an hour or less. I want to try to keep at least 50 minutes. I don't want to make this long winded. So with that, we're going to play the warrior's prayer and we're going to close this out. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares us for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth, may I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies, plate of righteousness. May it guard my heart from evil so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace, may I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hand so I can expose the tempting words of saints. By faith your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. So remember what his hardline truly is and what it means to be a hardliner. You gotta remain firm, steadfast, and uncompromising. They want people like a shutdown and off the face of the earth, because love is truly the most miraculous source of life for us, but a destructive force against the evil and darkness. We all yield that power of love. We just have to break open that heart shell around those hearts of others and allow him, Jesus Christ, to pour in. And when that happens, remember, then and only then, will that be the point where the most profound victory will take place under the unity and love of God's people. Good night. God bless. And signing out until next time.